For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject the spiritual application of the high priestly service on Yom Kippur. This is part three of the series. First John chapter one and verses eight and nine. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now let look at the association of Yom Kippur to the Messiah in Isaiah chapter fifty three as found in the prayer book of traditional Judaism for Yom Kippur. And examining of the ceremony of the Levitical priest from Leviticus in chapter 16 wherein he went in and ultimately was able by confessing his sins, the sins of his household and the sins of the nation to make atonement for the people of the God of Israel. Now what we're going to do is we're going to look at where in the traditional Jewish prayer book it makes mention about Isaiah 53 and the Messiah. And the source can be found in the the services for Yom Kippur in the Day of Atonement by the Hebrew Publishing Company in New York. And this particular version is copyright 1928 by the Star Hebrew Book Company in New York. And if we look at the content of the prayer service and the prayer book for Yom Kippur, the section where we're going to find the mentioning of Messiah in Isaiah 53 as it relates to Yom Kippur is five following the section called Unthane Thokef which in this publication is found on page 283. But what I'm going to show you is found following that on page 288. So this is what we find as part of the prayers of Yom Kippur. Though he should be exceedingly angry with his people, yet will the Holy One not awaken all his wrath. We have hitherto been cut off through our evil deeds, yet hast thou awakened our rock not brought consummation on us or ultimate destruction our righteous anointed is departed from us whore has seized us and we have none to justify us he has borne the yoke of our iniquities and our transgression and is wounded because of our transgression he bears our sins on his shoulder that he may find pardon for our iniquities we shall be healed by his wound at the time that the eternal will create him him, that is the Messiah as a new creature oh bring him up 
bring him up from the circle of the earth. Raise him up from Seir to assemble us the second time on Mount Lebanon by the hand of Yenon, which is a term for the Messiah. This is speaking about the Messiah, Isaiah 53, and his role to bring redemption and forgiveness of sin unto his people. Now we are going to look at the Nilah service. The Nilah service is the final part of the service of Yom Kippur as a part of a traditional Jewish service for Yom Kippur. And we're going to look at some parts of the Nilah service and see its spiritual application and meaning to us as believers in Yeshua the Messiah. The rabbis teach that Yom Kippur is the climax of the ten days of repentance or the high holy days. Even so, the rabbis teach that even as Yom Kippur is the climax of the ten days of repentance, the Nilah service is the climax of Yom Kippur. The heavenly judgment inscribed on Rosh Hashanah is sealed during the Nilah service. This thought can be found in the art scroll Mizorah, the Yom Kippur Ashkenaz Maksor or the prayer book for Yom Kippur on page 706. Nilah is known as the time of the closing of the gate of heaven. Now, looking at the Nila service from the, the art scroll Ashkenaz Makzor, the Nila service on page 709, it mentions these words in the prayers. A redeemer shall come to Zion, and to those of Jacob who repent from willful sin, the words of Hashem. And as for me, this is my covenant with them, says Hashem. My spirit that is upon you, and my words that I have placed in your mouth, shall not be withdrawn from your mouth nor from the mouth of your offspring nor from the mouth of your offspring's offspring says Hashem from this moment and forever and then the Hazan chant you are the Holy One enthroned upon the praises of Israel and one angel will call another and say holy 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 is Hashem master of legions the whole world is filled with his glory and they receive permission one from another and say holy is the most exalted exalted heaven, the abode of his presence, holy on earth, product of his strength, holy forever and ever is Hashem, master of legions. The entire world is filled with the radiance of his glory. What we're going to do is we're going to look at where it says here, a redeemer shall come to Zion, the holy one that's enthroned on the praises of Israel, and that the whole earth is filled with his glory. We're going to see how this in truth speaks about Yeshua, the Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 59, verses 20 and 21, it is written that a Redeemer will come to Zion, and unto them that turn from transgression in Jacob, says the Lord. As for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you, and my words which I have put in your mouth, shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed seed, says the Lord, from henceforth and forevermore. Yeshua is the Redeemer of Israel, because a Redeemer will come to Zion. Job chapter 19 verse 25 it is written, I know that my Redeemer lives and that he will stand at the latter day upon the earth. What's the latter day? When he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives. In Zechariah chapter 14 verse 4. Romans chapter 11 verse 26 quotes from Isaiah 59 verse 20 as it is written. So all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Yeshua 
Yeshua is the Holy One of Israel. Because the prayer said, You are the Holy One enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In Isaiah chapter 6 verse 3, it is written, And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. Who is this speaking of? This is speaking of Yeshua the Messiah. And Yeshua is the one that sits on the throne of His glory. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 5 and verse 8 it is written and from Yeshua Messiah who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood I am the Alpha and Omega the beginning and the ending says Yahweh which is and which was and which is to come the Almighty we can also see that Yeshua is the one that sits on his throne of his glory as the prayer said about the God of Israel that he sits on the throne of his glory we can see this application to Yeshua by looking at Revelation chapter 4 verse 2 verse 6 and verse 8 as it is written and immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne and before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him and they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying holy 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 Yahweh God Almighty which was and is and is to come who is it said is the one that which was which is and which is to come in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8 it's the one who is also the Alpha the Omega the beginning and the end it's Yeshua he is the Almighty how do you say Almighty in Hebrew El Shaddai so the one that's being described here in Revelation chapter 4 verse 8 where they say holy, 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 which was, which is, and is to come. This is a description of Yeshua being the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Yeshua is the one that sits on the throne of his glory. Yom Kippur is about repenting of our sins. The Hebrew word for confession of our sin is vidui. As a part of the prayers of Yom Kippur and the confession of sin, these words are mentioned in the prayer book. Our God in the God of our forefathers may our prayer come before you and do not ignore our supplication for we are not so brazen and obstinate as to say before you the Lord our God and God of our forefathers that we are righteous and have not sinned rather we and our forefathers have sinned and as a part of the many confessions among the confessions in the prayer book of sin includes the following we have become guilty we have betrayed we have robbed we have spoken slander. We have caused perversion. We have caused wickedness. We have sinned willfully. We have accused falsely. We have given evil counsel. We have been deceitful. We have rebelled. We have been perverse. We have been obstinate. We have been wicked. We have broken your commandments. And looking at the Badui confession of the Nila service on page 725 of the art scroll Ashkenaz Maxor prayer book for Yom Kippur and going through the prayer all Ultimately, as a part of the prayer, is these words, which we can find at the bottom of page 725, that your beloved ones be given rest and let your right hand save. The prayer is that the right hand would save them. And of course, we know that the right
right hand is Yeshua. As I'm showing you some of these things from the prayer books, which we identify as being attributes in association with Yeshua, that's why Yeshua was able to say in the book of Matthew that this people honor me with their lips. They're speaking of him and referring to him in the prayers, but their heart are far from him. They don't acknowledge him as the Messiah in their heart, but they are speaking and making an association of him with their lips, him being these things that we just examined. The God of Israel forgives our sins through Yeshua the Messiah. Once again, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeshua is the Savior and the King of Israel. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, it is written, that if you will confess with your mouth Yahweh Yeshua and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, redeemed, delivered. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. As a part of the Nilah service, there's the sounding of the shofar. And the shofar sound that is made in the Nilah service is a tikiah. This shofar that is blown as known as the great shofar or the shofar hagadol. The shofar that is sounded at the end of the Nilah service is known as the great shofar or the shofar hagadol. The rabbis teach that the shofar inspires within us a yearning for the shofar that will herald our ultimate freedom. The great shofar that will announce the coming of Messiah. Notice it's the great shofar that announces the coming of Messiah. This is also the reason for the custom to call out next year in Jerusalem, which is a proclamation for the coming of the Messiah in the Messianic era. This is found in the Art Scroll, Mazorah, Yom Kippur, Ashkenaz, Maxor prayer book on page 765. A single tikiah is sounded on the shofar. In Isaiah chapter 27 verse 13, we can see how the shofar that is blown to gather the exiles of Israel is the great shofar. And it shall come to pass on that day that the great trumpet shall be blown, and they shall come which were ready to perish in the land of Assyria, and the outcasts in the land of Egypt, and shall worship the Lord in the holy mount at Jerusalem. What is the holy mount in Jerusalem? It's Mount Zion, and what's this referring to? The Messianic era, Isaiah in chapter 2, and verses 2 and 3. We can see how the great shofar will be sounded to herald the coming of the Messiah, even as the rabbis expect. We can see this by looking at Matthew in chapter 24 and verses 29 through 31 as it is written. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, that is the shofar hagadol, which heralds the ultimate redemption, the coming of the Messiah, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. When Yeshua returns at his second coming, he will set his feet down on the Mount of Olives, and when he sets his feet down on the Mount of Olives, it will be on the day of Yom Kippur. Furthermore, it will be in the biblical year of Jubilee. So by looking at the attributes
attributes and themes and events that are associated with Yom Kippur, we should be able to see this from the scripture verses. So in Isaiah chapter 63 and verses 1 and 2, it is written, Who is this that comes from Edom with dyed garments from Bozrah? This that is glorious in his apparel, traveling in the greatness of his might. I that speak in righteousness, mighty to save. Who is he that speaks in righteousness, mighty to save? That's Yeshua. Why are you red in your apparel and your garment like him that treads in the wine fat? His apparel being red is likened to the high priest on Yom Kippur when he did the various sacrifices and he had to change his clothes. He had to change his clothes because in performing the sacrifices, his garments would get stained. They would get red. Also, they are stained because Yeshua is coming back as a warrior. When you are in war, you get bloody. So Yom Kippur and him coming back as a warrior is why he is red in his apparel. It goes on to say in Isaiah 63 verses 3 and 4, I have trodden the winepress alone, and of the people there was none with me. For I will tread them in my anger and trample them in my fury, and their blood shall be sprinkled upon my garment. This is Yom Kippur terminology. So in describing his second coming, it's describing Yom Kippur terminology about the garments of Yeshua being bloodstained. And I will stain all my raiment. For the day of vengeance is in my heart. That's him being a, a mighty warrior and judging the nations. And the year of my redeemed is come. The year of my redeemed is the Jubilee. So Yeshua is setting his feet down on the Mount of Olives on Yom Kippur in the year of Jubilee. And we can see his return and victory and, and power in the book of Revelation in chapter 19 where Yeshua is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And once again in describing him coming to the earth to rule and reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, it's described and it uses Yom Kippur terminology. Let's examine it. Revelation chapter 19 verse 13 and verse 14 it is written, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, a vesture dipped in blood, Yom Kippur, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, and a white horse is a horse of conquering and victory. When you win the war, you ride into town on a white horse, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Their garments are white and clean. Why? Because their sins have been forgiven. Revelation 19 verses 15 and 16. And out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. When's he ruling them with a rod of iron? When he returns and rules and reigns during the Messianic era. So he's coming to the earth to rule and reign during the Messianic era, and he treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. He's a victorious warrior. And he has on his vesture, on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. When Yeshua returns, these words are going to be proclaimed. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Yeshua said he would not return until Jerusalem said unto him, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Luke chapter 13 verses 34 and 35 it is written, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you shall not see me until the time come when you shall say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This is going to conclude our teaching session on Yom Kippur. In this session we examine the services 
practices that are associated with Yom Kippur. First, we looked at the Levitical high priest ceremony of Yom Kippur as found in Leviticus in chapter 16. These services picture and personify Yeshua and how he offers forgiveness of sin to the nation of Israel. Yeshua is our high priest. Yeshua is our mediator. Yeshua is our intercessor before the God of Israel. And it's through the blood of Yeshua where we have the forgiveness of our sins. On Yom Kippur is a part of what the high priest was required to do. He would have various changes of garment. These change of garments is a picture of us, of how we're progressing in our walk in the God of Israel. And as we go to a higher and higher place, we have to continually be putting off the world and the ways of the world and continually putting on more and more of Yeshua the Messiah. Putting off the world, putting on Yeshua and being led by his Ruach HaKodesh and what we say and what we do. In the service of Yom Kippur, the high priest wore white. White is a picture of spiritual purity and righteousness. It is also a picture of the forgiveness of our sins. So we examined the, the detailed elements and aspects of the Yom Kippur service and how they related to us as believers in Yeshua as the Messiah. There were two lots that were cast. One was to the Lord and one was to Azazel. The lot cast to Azazel is a picture of the judgment that will ultimately be placed upon Hasatan, the devil, from his mischievous work that he has performed upon the people who live on the earth. Even as the scapegoat was cast in the wilderness, Hasatan will be cast into the lake of fire. And then the lot that was to the Lord is a picture of the redemptive work of Yeshua the Messiah. We are told in the Talmud that 40 years prior to the destruction of the temple, that what normally happened year by year, and that is the crimson sash that was tied to one of the goats, that it would turn white, indicating the, the forgiveness of the sins of the people after the Yom Kippur day, that that crimson sash did not turn white 40 years prior to the destruction of the temple. And we know that that is the period of time between the death of Messiah on the tree and the destruction of the temple. I believe the God of Israel was communicating through those events that he wanted to point his forgiveness of sins for his people was through the redemptive work of Yeshua on the tree. And then after looking at the details of those aspects of the high priest Levitical ceremonies of Yom Kippur, we looked at the Nila service, which is a part of the synagogue Yom Kippur services today. And in the Nila service, we looked at some parts of their prayers that we identify that's associated with Yeshua the Messiah. And we also saw from one of the prayer books that we cited how the prayers mentioned Isaiah in chapter 53. That reference there is and was about the Messiah. Then we saw from the Nila service that a shofar is blown and this shofar is known as the great shofar and this great shofar is associated with the coming of Messiah, the ingathering of the exiles and the Messianic era. So we looked 
at those scripture passages and saw how that association was made. So this is going to conclude our teaching sessions on the festival of Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, the spiritual application of the high priestly service on Yom Kippur. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.